Hallelujah. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. I know you believe it, so say amen. Amen. All right, so let's take a declaration of understanding that we always do. If you are ready with this, say amen. Amen. All right, do it like you believe it. One, two, let's go. The Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will. In our spiritual wisdom and understanding, as a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I said amen. amen. Can you take your seats? Expecting God to do something great for you this evening. Alright, so it's our school of prayer. We'll be looking at uh, prayer basics for some time and we'll continue looking at it. Jesus said, and I keep quoting from that, the book of Luke chapter 18, he said, men ought always to pray and not to do what? Faint or get tired or lose heart or be discouraged. Again, let me remind us that the reason why he said that is simply because the natural thing that happens a lot of time is that we tend to get discouraged, we tend to get um, tired. And that is because answers don't always um, come as quickly as we will expect them. We are never to get discouraged, ever. We should remember that we have an assignment in life to invoke the power of God into this sphere. God wants to come in, but the heavens are the heavens of the Lord the earth he has given to the sons of men, which means that he requires us to ask him to do something for us. He wants us to tell him to come into our sphere of influence, and that's what prayer is. Prayer is invoking the power of God into the area where you have authority, where you have concerns, where you have your influence. That's what prayer is. So what you do constantly is to invoke God's power. And for that reason, Nothing will be impossible to you because the Bible makes it clear that with God nothing shall be impossible and nothing shall be impossible to him who believes. And how you activate that is simply through prayer. So I've been looking at that. Just wanted to give us a small recapitulation there. And then we said, what is a prayer of faith? Prayer of faith is not one type of prayer, no. That is the opposite of it is prayers that don't work. Okay, all prayers that work, all prayers that are valid are prayers of faith. All prayers that work, all prayers are valid are what? Prayers of faith. There's no, it's not, a prayer of faith is not one type of the genuine prayers. All genuine prayers are prayers of faith. If they were not of faith, they would not be valid. So we said, of course, what does it mean to be of faith? It's prayer in which we recognize who God is. It's prayer in which we recognize who, the fact that he has um, issued forth promises. It's prayer in which you understand that the power belongs to God and that he has given promises by which you can activate that power in your life and in your environment. That's what we mean by a prayer of faith. All these things that we said inside them. And then, of course, we said the opposite, therefore, are prayers of habit. You really are not expecting God to do anything. They are prayers of copy. You are just, everybody's doing it this way. Let me do it the same way. There are all kinds of prayers like that. Prayers that are really not designed. The prayer the person praying, what do you call somebody praying? 
prayer. No, no, it can't be the prayer. Yeah, the one they are praying for. This guy is not. No. The prayer. Okay, okay. See, the prayer is prayer. All right? The prayer is the person that is praying. All right? The prayer. All right? So, that's, write that one. That, that's New English. So, if I say the prayer, I mean the person who is praying. Okay? The one being prayed for is the prayer. Okay? Uh-huh. Are, you, are, you, are you getting my point? So, the prayer. All right? How many prayer do I have in the house? Uh, okay, I have only two. Okay. Oh, everybody's put up their hands now. <laughs> the Lord is good. Okay, so the person praying may not be expecting much. That's what makes it prayer of not of faith. That is, I'm just doing this what everybody is doing. Okay? And many of the prayers of faith. <laughs> okay, let me not start. Let me not start. All right. <laughs> you see a lot of prayers people pray, they are not of faith. They are prayers of show, very important. They are prayers of show. Okay? So, we've talked about those things before. So, when I said the genuine prayers, we gave a few examples. Number one, we looked at the prayer of worship. The prayer of worship. Now, in previous messages, I separated that into two. I will discuss prayer of praise and thanksgiving, and I called those from the prayer of worship. But when we began this series, as I was just speaking, the Holy Spirit just put the words in my mouth, and I saw it clearly from Scripture, that worship is not just praise and thanksgiving, it's also what? Consecration. So that's why I joined before when I'm talking about prayer of consecration, but I don't separate it anymore simply because I realize that it's part of worship. How do I know? Because Paul wrote it like that in the book of Romans chapter 12, that you are to present your bodies as what? A living sacrifice. So when you're offering a sacrifice, you are worshiping. We're reminded ourselves that we are not allowed to come before him empty-handed. But we're not saying talking about money now. We're talking about we must bring an offering, a sacrifice. And in prayer, sacrifice is praise, sacrifice is thanksgiving, sacrifice is ourselves as we consecrate ourselves to his will on a regular basis. And then we now look at the next type, uh, type of in, uh, prayer, which is prayer of what? Intercession. And what is prayer of intercession? Now, before I say that, we said that next, let's now get to the area in which we are making requests. So all requests, all right, they are prayers. So first kind of request we make is intercessory requests, in which we are not praying for ourselves, but we are praying for somebody else. And it's very important because, in fact, there's a, you know, like a sign for us in the Bible that when Jesus said somebody had great faith, she was praying for her daughter. And that one said, I have not seen faith like this in Israel. He was praying for the servant. He wasn't praying for himself. That tells you that God really values very highly that kind of prayer, in which you're not thinking about you, You are thinking about someone else. You are thinking about something else. You are thinking about a cause bigger than yourself. So, like we're leading prayer earlier, when this meeting started now, so at the point in time we're praying for, he said, pray for the pastor of your church, that he will preach what he's supposed to preach. I hope you know it's a valid prayer. It's an important prayer. It's a required prayer. We said intercession, okay? is the first assignment you have, if you have any title describing you. What do I mean? You are a church member. It's a title. So what is the first duty of a church member? You, to, you have to pray for that assembly. You have to pray for the leadership. You have to pray for the brethren in that place. That is the first thing that makes you a member of that church. So if you are a citizen of a nation, the first assignment you have as a citizen is not criticism. You know, you want to prove to the leaders that what they are doing is not correct. Let me remind you again, people, people of God, please. People of God, don't get into that habit. Sometimes, you know what they call woke? What they call woke culture? Some people don't, never heard of it before. Some people don't know. Should you know what's going on around you? 
This came up in the last few years. Talk about being woke. It's a um, bad English made normal. It just means to wake. So if you are not, if you are not asleep, you are woke. Yeah, that's how it is. So if you are trendy, you know what's going on. You are supposedly woke. That is, you are not asleep. Okay? All right. So part of the woke thing that people get involved in is that everybody is talking nonsense. You just have to join the rubbish talk. The other day I watched a woman intervene somebody. That's P.S. Morgan, who incidentally I didn't used to like before, but now I need to like him because you like when you're on the same side. You are now on the same side. P.S. Morgan said, hallelujah. That's what he said. He said hallelujah. That he asked the, either him or somebody asked the British Prime Minister, what is his name? Sunak. Rishi Sunak. Who is a, is he a Hindu or a Sikh? Is he a Hindu or a Sikh? I think he's a Hindu, right? He said, what is a woman? He said, a female adult. And Pierce Morgan shouted, hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, because he said, finally, he got a British leader to say it. The former Scottish Prime Minister, uh, uh, First Minister, that's what they call her, right? The head of the Scottish nation. They couldn't get her. They said, what's a woman? She says, okay, depends on this. She kept on talking. And that's what got Piers Morgan annoyed with the whole thing. He refused to follow the woke culture. So when they asked the British Prime Minister, what's a woman? He said, an adult female. Piers Morgan shouted, hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, he said, hallelujah. That finally, now this is the interesting part, is a Hindu. The supposed Christians who are members of churches are the ones that can't seem to understand it. You see all kinds of madness. Let me not even get, let me not get into that. The Bible says don't join the multitude to do evil. That's what I'm saying. Why do you have to command it? Because one, once multitude starts, it carries people along. We know go agree, we know go agree. Yeah, we know go agree. Now what are we disagreeing with? That is, the person doesn't know. He's already shouting, we know go agree, we know go agree. Doesn't even know what he's disagreeing with. Please. I'm saying that people think it's trendy and a sign of maturity that they can criticize government. That they can sit in their homes and be pointing out everything that is wrong with everything that is going on. This is a woke culture. It's unnecessary. As a citizen, your primary assignment is what? Say it like you believe it now. Intercession. Praying for your nation. Praying for the leaders. We are not saying they are always right. We are saying we are always right in praying for them. That's what we are saying. And we said, you know, you know what he said, called us? He said, touch not my what? And do what? And who was he talking to? Abraham. Who was he talking to? Isaac. Who was he talking to? Jacob. That is the people of God, the covenant people of God are called prophets. And we said the primary duty of a prophet, one of the primary duties of a prophet, of course, the prophet, the prophet has a job to warn. The prophet has a job to correct people. The, correct, the prophet also has a job actually to instruct. But one of the important jobs of a prophet is to what? Intercede. You're not a prophet because you are shouting tomorrow everybody will die. 
or you have seen who is the next president. I'd like to stay there for a moment. It's not a sign of spirituality that you see visions. Why does it? Because I've seen people get carried away by anybody that can see vision. They start going to the church. Somebody actually has said it before. Maybe pastor, they try to see small. What do you want me to see? They are looking for who will be seeing what now. What do you want me to see? No, I, just, I really want to know. What do you want me to see? The car that will jam you tomorrow. What do you want me to see? So you can pray against it. That's what they call seeing. There's one clown in Ghana. He has one funny name. I forgot his name. His name is something like Cherubim or Seraphim or something like that. I can't remember. The guy in Ghana. The guy is a funny human being. If you want to laugh, watch him. He comes to church. When they are playing, I don't know, praise worship or bugalu. I don't know what they are praying in church. But as they are playing, he will start dancing. The guy will be dancing and they will be spraying him on you. Yes. They will be spraying this guy money on the altar. On the platform there. I'm not joking. He will be dancing. He will really, the guy with that church member has to come. He will spray him money. He calls himself a prophet. One of his jobs is to sleep with the wives of some of the members of the church. Well, he didn't say it's his job, just that he did that. And he said it's a sign that he's human. That's what he has said. <laughs> you know what I'm telling you? It's very funny, mommy. You know, say, you know how he prophesies? He said, you, you are going to go mad next year. Go for intercession. <laughs> no, go, go for deliverance. Now, that's his prophecy. If you go around the church, he probably say, you, you are going to die next year. Go for deliverance. See, you are about to go mad. Go for deliverance. You will point to people from one, hey, your wife's about to leave you. Go for deliverance. And you know what happened? People were get getting up and running forward for deliverance. People can't see you. I can't understand. I said, what? You go to that church? And the church can be big. You know what I mean? The church can be big. This church is big. His church is big. Overflow. People sitting everywhere. I said, God, please don't give me over to foolishness. He can see. You know what I can see? The job of the prophet is not to see. See is one of the thing, things that he does, I know. Prophets have visions. But don't think vision is a sign of spirituality. If you are looking for spiritual people and you want to use visions to judge them, you will be so confused. One of the greatest vision granters is the devil. It's called familiar spirit. Oh, familiar spirits. Familiar spirits are expert. There are a lot of them around town. Are they still in Enugu? Or we have driven them? Apostle. Have you done your work? You are still working. We drive all of them out of this city. Anyone that uses familiar spirits in the boundaries of Enugu, it won't work. All these visions will be against him. Yes, they are all over the place. Some of them are so... There are two types of words of knowledge. Oh, okay. Bad one. Let's not the good one. The fake one. There's a technology one. It's not hard. I have two devices here that can receive signals. So you can be sending to me. They do it. But some are not even technology aided. People are really spiritually, you know. They sing to the realm of the spirit. 
when I was, um, shortly after I left school those days, when I was doing my house job, one of my colleagues, I used to, of course, they claim they are not crazy, they used to laugh at me and all of that. That's the one I told you that when I bought my Bible, and my Bible was costing about one-third of a whole month's salary, which I was not getting the whole thing. The one I was getting was almost more than close to half that I used to buy that Bible. So he saw me smiling. He said, oh boy, what happened? Did you win jackpot? I said, man, my Bible just arrived. He said, ah, now you smile like this. Now worry, guy. Along the line, I now told him how much I paid for the Bible. He looked at me. I said, look, no vex, so bless it, don't decrease. He told me like that. He said, he said no vex, so that this don't be angry what I'm about to tell you. Let's say this is so that people in Australia can understand. <laughs> he said, please don't be offended. I think you are going mental. That why would you spend that amount of money on a Bible? Number one. Number two, you are now rejoicing. You know, if you spent it and you are crying, we'll understand. But you spent it and you are rejoicing. He used to tell me that he doesn't believe in God and I used to laugh at him. That you, you believe in God. There were two of them. I said, if this guy doesn't believe in God, I may understand that maybe he's sincere, but you, stop lying to me. You believe in God. Ah, they'll be laughing, they'll be smoking and talking. I said, my friend, get away. You know, the way young boys don't do. So one day he was just still with me and he told me a story and I laughed. I said, I told you you believe in God. So a friend of his told him, please, please follow me to one church. I want to pick something up. It was a white garment church. He said, as soon as he stepped, as, in, as soon as his foot touched the threshold of the church, the prophet was at the other end. He pointed at him and said, you! Unless you fast and pray, somebody is going to die in your family. Why was it striking for him? Because a night or two before, he dreamt that his cousin died. He told nobody. Nobody. So as soon as that prophet told him, fear gripped him. He said to me, he said, Blackie, I'm not going to lie to you. I fast too. (laughs) You know, Nigerian pigeon is sweet. You know that. I, that's my first time hearing that thing. Say, I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> let's, let's help the people from in Australia. It means, please, I won't deceive you. I will not lie to you. That's what it means. I fasted. So, boy, I'm not going to lie to you. I fast too. I started laughing. I said, I told you. I told him like that. I said, I told you that you believe in God. You're just pretending. So, come on, don't come and lie to me. Oh, you are looking for familiar spirits. They are all over town. Of course, that's how they catch people like him. He's been caught. If he has stayed there long enough, they will have a grip on him. That prophet was the familiar spirit. Leave that. I mean, that's what I suspect strongly. Familiar spirits are all over town. They will tell you things that nobody knows apart from you. It is not proof that they are genuine. Please. It is spiritual CCTV that they are using. You know, because it's CCTV. Yes. It's spiritual hidden camera. It's nothing, it's nothing special. It's nothing special. They spiritually go and plant a hidden camera in your house and be telling you things. And in the realm of the spirit, your thoughts are not even hidden. So they can tell you what you are thinking. Sometimes they can tell you what you dreamt because dreams are interesting. Dreams can be given to you. They will give you a dream and tell you you dreamt it. Yes. 
No, dreams are dropped in an instant. You, you, you dream that something happened for maybe, when you play it out, it's like one hour. You dream that thing all in one second. Two seconds. I'm telling you the truth. I'm not joking. Don't think you spend the, as soon as you went to bed, you started dreaming you know, till you woke up. No. All that dream that you dreamt, that look as if you traveled from here, then you got to Lagos, then you took a plane that landed in Botswana, then from Botswana you started trekking back to Lagos, all those kind of things. That whole dream was five minutes, or 30 seconds, or possibly 10 seconds. It just say, it's like a movie. You now stretch out in your heart. They can give you a dream. They, they, you now go to their church, they will not tell you. Don't be impressed, please. People, get this clear. Don't be impressed. You are going by the road. Somebody stops you and tells you your life's history. You know what I'm saying? So, tell the person, so. Always add, you know, I've been t- teaching you that for a long time. What do you add? So, okay. Now you find out that I was, bo- I was born in Iraq, God bless you. So, what, what, what does it now mean? You found out my age, eh? Uh-huh. Before I came in here, I went to the market. We were like 2,000 in the market. So, now, now what? You can tell me the past, doesn't mean you can tell me the future. I hope you're getting my point. Your, your hidden spiritual camera can see all these things. It can't see the one God has planned. Anyone you tell me after that time, now, manipulation. So I dream that, and I see, I see, I see. Uh-huh. You see what? That you will die in the next one week. Uh-huh. You can't use, I hope you know you can't use that to scare me. You can't come and tell me I'll die in one week and you'll make me afraid. Honestly, I will not be afraid. You know one of the reasons why I, I, I will not be afraid? Because God will be angry with me. As a law, he has killed me of the fear of death. So you can't come and threaten me with the sword that I will die. I'll ask you, you, when are you dying? That's what I'm going to ask you. This is how I will do, prophet, in a shift. <laughs> I will so tell you to shift. You will not send me. You will send me to prayer. Prayer, God, oh, please don't let me die. If I'm in a bad mood, I'll say, prophet, come. Can we have an agreement? When am I supposed to die? Say in the next one week. If in eight days I'm still alive, can we agree that you will be dead? If you are not able to get into that negotiation, then get out. I've seen people that after that, they have become slaves of prophets, having been caught by familiar spirits. That's what they do. And that's why the prophet is doing what he's doing. I saw one the other day. I don't know where I saw the video. Somebody posted the video. How prophet collected his wife. He didn't marry the wife. Oh. The prophet didn't marry the wife. Oh. But turned the, that is, he even went to police to go and tell police, please help me arrest this prophet. So he can stop. Because the wife believed all the lies this fake prophet told her about her husband. And the whole family was scattered. They do it all the time. It's because of those who are going around looking for visions. One man, he went to, he was going to one redeemed church. You know, there are many redeemed churches. Pastor Yadibo is a good man. Amen? There are many good redeemed pastors. There are a lot of crazy evil spirits there too. <laughs> pretending to be redeemed pastors. That's so that's not, you know, it's like, it's everywhere. I'm not trying to indict any denomination. This guy went to a church the redeemed church, and they told him that his wife is a witch. 
Then she went to MFM. And they told her that her husband is an occultist. Power jam power. Please, I'm begging you people. If anybody says your wife is a witch, say, okay, deliver her now. What are you trying to tell me? When I say, don't go home. So the witch has won now. If I can't go home, then your God must really, really very weak. This is your God. You take blood transfusion and come back to work. If the only cure is I shouldn't go home, say, why are you God? So you are God, you are with me. All you can do is see visions. You can't even escort me home. Because you know normal people, like now, if they are causing trouble in my house and I want to go there, what do I do? I go and tell police. What do police do? Police will carry gun. Put like three officers with me. Let's go. Is that not what they do? Your own God say, no, no, you won't go there. <laughs> so police is better than your God. Am I talking about police? Even ordinary thug. If I go to MC Olu, you know, I say, give me three boys. I didn't, what, what did I say? MC Olu. It's in Enugu. Say, give me three boys. Closure. Some people in my house say I shouldn't come home. Tiger, Agbaku, you know, follow him. <laughs> they will follow me. And any which the physical will move back. So your own God now, what he can do is tell me, don't go home. As a sign, you are fake. If your God was real, your God will have told me what to do, what to say to drive out the witches from inside the house. Friend of mine does this, which is like people like that took over their home. When they came to us in school and reported to us from a hostel on campus, we drove them away. I'm not, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding what I'm telling you. They filled their home, they took over the whole place. He told us we joined hands. Took us 15 minutes to clear the house. And there were several states away. Oh, finished praying, went home next time. They had all gone. His father that I welcomed, they said, woke up one day. It's as if his eyes just cleared. He said, what? He drove everybody out of the house. We were students on campus. Drove all these people with their familiar spirits out of the home. You now say you are a prophet. You saw that my wife is a witch and you can't deliver her. And the only thing that can't go home. That's how you know fake people. Their, their remedy is what you used to know them. Just check their remedy. Once their remedy includes, now I'll start with the very spiritual sounding one. You will fast for one week, just know the fellow is fake. You will bring his offering, he's faker. You will come and sleep in church, he's fakest. A true prophet can only offer you two things. One, redemption, that is deliverance from your sins, your repentance, give your life to Christ. Two, the boldness that comes from the righteousness of faith. You give that to you and say, go. So please, first start following prophets up and down. And you are, ne- listen, let me tell you something thing about false prophets and genuine prophets. Genuine prophets, you are never dependent on them. Did you hear what I said? Yes, A genuine prophet does not want your dependence. He wants your independence. He wants you to grow in Christ. You are getting my point. He just wants you to live your life of righteousness. A fake prophet wants you to tell him everything that's happening so he can give approval. There's one brother I know. Let me look for a name for him. Let's call him Brother Caleb. So he wanted to marry. So they carried his name to the prophet. So he prayed, is this the right 
man for our daughter. His name was Caleb. They said, no, he's not the one. So now they tell the young woman, say, that guy is not the one. So she said, went and told the brother Caleb. They said, you're not the one. Brother Caleb said, there's no problem. I have another name, by the way. He was the other name. My name is also Amos. He said, okay, give me the Amos. He went there and said, another man has come. He said, what is his name? He must say, Amos is the will of God. He said, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the Lord is good. We caught the prophets in their craftiness. That's what God does. She said, Guess it. She said, You're wise. <laughs> prophets want to tell you when to travel. That's how you know they are, they're not in their job. Before you travel, go and meet. Good morning, sir. My family are now planning to go somewhere tomorrow. I want you to know whether it's the will of God. As a fake prophetic function. The person now go and pray. Oh, the Lord said tomorrow is not clear. Tell your wife, say, we can't go again. They come back after one week. But thinking of going tomorrow, say, tomorrow is not clear. And you won't go anywhere. That is not the job of a prophet. You are following a fake and confused prophet. If he wants to be the one to help you sanction everything you are doing. That's how you know them. I'm telling you how to know them. The funny part is that people actually think that they are being spiritual just because they can see things and they themselves following people like that. They're always looking for approval from somebody who go and see first. What you don't know is that God doesn't always show. You can't force God to show something. Many times I tell people, say that, okay, the uh, person I'll marry, God will show me in the vision. I say, you know what God said I should tell you? Go and learn righteousness. Go and learn faith. After that, marry anybody where you like, we agree. Anytime I say people don't like to hear it. You want to know the truth? It is the truth. What did I say? One, learn righteousness. You walk in righteousness. The holiness of God. Number two, you learn what? Faith. Make it a habit. You're walking according to the word of God. Then who do you marry? Anyone where you like. When I say learn faith, do not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. Is that not faith? Is the word of God. We start with that. You can't walk with somebody who's not walking in your direction. You won't get anywhere. So when I'm talking about righteousness, and I'm talking about faith, that's what I'm talking about. There are things that the Lord has spoken concerning as clear precepts in the scriptures. Once you are following these precepts of God, then you are walking by faith. Walking by faith does not mean, I've made up my mind by tomorrow, they taught us those in those days. Faith means that tomorrow I've, made, I've told the Lord that tomorrow I'm, 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 I'm going to have the new model, you know, Avalon. Amen. Then tomorrow comes. Keke says, come. Where are you going? Say, I'm going in an Avalon. Go. Then God wants to do you strong thing. Your friend will even drive an E-class. Say, well, let's go. And I say, no, I told the Lord that from today, I shall be moving about in the latest modern Toyota Avalon. And you stand by the roadside, morning, afternoon, night. Sun will beat you. You won't go anywhere. You go back to your house. I've seen guys do things like that. And they say, I'm walking by faith. You ain't walking by faith. Something's wrong with your head. How do you walk by faith? If the Bible says, don't be anxious for anything, refuse to be anxious. I hope you're getting my point. 
If the Bible says, forgive those who offend you, forgive them. If the Bible says, pray without season, pray without season. Anything the Bible says, do, do it. So if it says, do not be unequally yoked by being united to an, with an unbeliever in marriage. Say, ah, I can't marry you if you are not a strong Christian. I don't mean you go to church. Oh. I mean, I have to see how much you love the word of God. And you are walking by it. That's what matters to me. That's how you walk by faith. All the other ones say, I have told God, that's walking by desire. Worldly desire. To walk by faith means to walk by the instructions of scripture. To see from above and not from beneath. To not be afraid of the future. To do what God has commanded you today today to do. To be faithful in everything he gives you to do today. That's how you walk by faith. Please, that's an aside. I'm kind of stuck on this prophet's issue. Don't let anybody make merchandise of your soul. You can't agree to do any business until prophet says it is okay. You're always calling a prophet to inquire of the Lord for you. You are dabbling into familiar spirits. You have to understand something. The emphasis of the old order, the former times, like the Bible calls those days, and the emphasis of this new covenant, they are very different. So you will hear Peter say something. He said there were false prophets amongst them, just as there will be false teachers amongst you. So, the emphasis now is instruction with the word of God. I get a lot of calls from people, friends, family, disciples of the word, here who ask me, but it's always counsel from God's word. I don't know whether I get my point. Now, sometimes in the process, a revelation comes. If I one brother was telling me that they wanted to do something some time ago, you know, I couldn't remember. He said, it came to me. And we discussed it. And I said to him, it is good. He said, then I called him, and like a day or two later. And I said, I perceive in my spirit that the time is not right, even though that thing is good. He has started, then he shut it down. Now, he didn't come to me to go and inquire of the Lord for him. He came for instruction, advice from God's word. And just like Nathan, I said, what you are proposed to do is good. Then I was just going on this. One thought just dropped in my heart. I reasoned about it. I think I called somebody. I can't remember. And he was not reminding me. I said, no, no, no. What is my want to do? I think the time is not right. So I called him. I said, no, I have this feeling. He had already started. So he shut the whole thing down. The brother came to meet me one day. He was on his way to go and propose to a woman to marry. He said, pastor, I just wanted to know. I've made up my I said, good. I said, wow, praise God. I was excited. I love when people want to marry. It's always sweet. I don't know. There's something about it. It just makes me like the day Dami came to my house for the first time. Chizuru brought him. What I remember is that I couldn't stop laughing. The joy in his heart. My father. I had to thank her. I said, Chizuru, God will bless you. Why? You are making a man happy like this. I didn't know it was possible. The guy couldn't stop laughing. If I said good morning. So full of laughter. I said, Jesus, God will bless you. This guy must have been praying about you for a long time. You are an answer to prayer. The desire of his heart granted. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 
No, no, when you see, no, really. There's something about, anyway, this brother came and told me that. He went to go and propose to a woman. I said, praise God. I was very happy for him. Then I asked one simple question. I won't tell you what now. And he gave me an answer. And I said, don't try it. He just says, you know, I, I just need a bit about it. I just, I just asked one question. Oh, what about this? He just said, he gave me an answer. I said, is that so? Yeah. I said, I'm sorry. That proposal is on suspension. I wasn't speaking that. The Lord didn't say to me. I just said, no. It is out of order. And I showed him the order. I said, it doesn't work. And he was heartbroken. But he did not disobey. So what do I do, sir? You go back home. What's wrong with you? Go back to your house. Go and wait until things are different. And if they are never different, too bad. And they were never different, and it was too bad. So I'm not saying it's wrong to ask for counsel. But there were false prophets amongst them. What you have now, what? False teachers. So forget the word false for a moment. But you want, I want you to see the emphasis of the Lord. Now we are learning instruction. We are learning the ways of God. We are learning the precepts of God. So people will ask you, and I get it all the time. See, got a call a few days ago. I said, ah, this one you have asked. I need time to think and meditate. Then I made one or two phone calls, discussed with my wife. I said, I need counsel on this. What's, what is the Lord saying that is from scripture now? And we went up and down. And when I talked to the person again, I said, let me be honest with you. I am not sure of what to say. But this person said this. I discussed with this individual. Then as we were talking, before the end of the talk, I had sound counsel. We just continued talking. I said, no, this is what you will do. This, this and said. And then the person said, thank you. And that was it. It wasn't, what is the Lord saying? Do you get my point? This idea of wanting prophets to see visions to run your life, God doesn't like it. He wants you to have sound counsel, a sound mind, able to discern between good and evil. And when you can't, you ask people who know more than you. And you go to the Lord in prayer. He said, if anyone lacks wisdom, that's it. In this dispensation, the emphasis of the Lord is on teaching. He said, I will give them what? Pastors who do what? Feed them with knowledge and with understanding. They will know how to make sound decisions. I wrote an article. It's one of those compilations of books, others living by divine wisdom or habit of faith and other sermons. It's titled to own that decision. Indeed, I try to emphasize that even God, even God were to speak to you clearly, after a while, that decision should be yours. You shall become converted and persuaded that it is right. So that even God, if God were to go back and withdraw the counsel and say, and we say nothing, you should come to the same conclusion by yourself. By reason of learning, by reason of growth, by reason of understanding. Let's bear it in mind. So please, instead of looking for prophets to prophesy for you, look for teachers who will instruct you in the way of the Lord. The Lord has a way in everything. And the prophetic word and the exact word of instruction always become the same. Yes. Prophetic words only come once in a while to bring forth things that are not, either they are not clear or you do not yet understand. Now when I say clear now, like if there are four variables and you're only aware of two variables, 
your conclusion would not be right. Do you get my point? You thought there were two variables. But God said, no, no, there are four. Yes, you are wise, you have understanding, but you only have two variables. So he'll give you a word so that you will do the right thing, at least until you are aware. So later on, you say, oh, no wonder God said. When you begin to see the other variables. So the desire of your heart, the focus for you must be to have what? Understanding. Don't look for prophets that will be validating or canceling all your plans and decisions. Not necessary. There is nothing wrong with asking for prayer. I hope you are getting my point. One day, once that we're talking, again, marriage issues. She now said, okay, if I want to marry this person, will you approve? You know what I said to her? I said, I don't know him enough. I said, I'm sorry, I don't know him enough. I said, all I know about him is the little you have said. I said, for that reason, you will have my blessing. That is, I will pray for you, but I will not say I approve. That is, as a senior brother, as a pastor, no. That's the way I know no. People where I know, Zev, which one will be approved? <laughs> it's only God that knows the heart of man. It's only one. There are pastors that uh, in their church, they want to force everybody to marry everybody, you know, that decide, say, I, I don't see. Sometimes some of those, my brethren, you know what is doing them? You are a dedicated sister in the church. You are very dedicated. You tithe, you give first fruit, you sweep, you clap, you dance, you lead praise, you lead. Ah, who wants you to go? Apostle, if it's you, you want her to go. Do you know how difficult it is to get manpower? But, ah, ask all these people who are employing staff. Maybe you're always saying, vacancy, vacancy, vacancy. And they say, there are no jobs in Nigeria. They say, all these vacancies, where are they coming from? So many times what happens is that such a sister will now come with, assuming the name of the church is Kingdom World International Church, and that kind of thing. And they will now go and bring one, one, one person that came from uh, Gospel Lighthouse. And they will now carry you from here and you disappear, go to another, another state. When I say that my spirit does not agree, how can my spirit agree? My spirit will be seeing the other brothers in the church. So when you marry that one, two of you now will date there, increase that, we're born children that will serve the, the ministry. <laughs> These are all the variables now. When I start telling you, I know one particular child, I won't tell you the name. I, it's, I mean, they are apostles' friends, you know. I never saw anybody who married from outside the church that did not quarrel with them. Never. Men, people routinely leave the church as a result of marriage. Because when you bring somebody from outside, they make it clear to you the person does not know God. And they, ah, so, but you know there are some stubborn brethren. And usually it's, it's brothers mostly. Most of the sisters, they are, I'm sorry, ladies, I don't know. They usually catch the ladies. But the brothers, what do you concern them? As you are prophesying their own, your own, he's prophesying his own. <laughs> so I don't see this. He said, God spoke to me. <laughs> now I want to harass me. Hey, God, they talked to all of us. As I was dreaming me, I saw vision. I, I don't believe God said, I, this is the will of God. He said, God said to me, my son, my son, it's my will. <laughs> if I had discussion started with Greek, Cambrio, Gamisco. These are, <laughs> these are Greek words for... for <laughs> they will be, uh, 
I've seen them. The guys, the guys on the hill, pastor will come vex. Use them to preach. What do you concern the guy? <laughs> they will marry the whole church will not come. Bro, <coughs> don't go, don't go. Oh, I like guys. Uh, difficult to, to intimidate. There are a few guys who, who are transgender, but, you know. <laughs> Feminate creatures. They just <laughs> using prophets to intimidate you. Listen, Christians, nobody should use prophets to intimidate you. Study the word of God. Listen to, I'm not saying don't listen to counsel. I didn't say so. But make the word, the study of God's word a habit in your life. So nobody can come and use prophets to be swaying you up and down. And I say, ah, I dreamt, I dreamt. Why? I saw a car catching fire. And you know how many cars catch fire every day? What are you going to me? I think she don't go out today. Please stop that nonsense. What did I say? Stop that don't call me. You won't call. You, you will never use that kind of term. Once you finish saying it, I'm entering my car. I'll leave a four tank open. Come and burn if you want to burn. You don't want to intimidate me. See, I for me, I, I listen to that for corrections. I've been corrected many times. I don't have a problem with correct me. Stop! Don't 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 threaten me. Correct me. It's okay. Then we say, oh boy, the way you are spending your money, I, I perceive in my spirit is not right. Ah, you don't even know see me spend my money. But every time I think about you, I see a bad spending habit. And then it will happen that the day before, maybe my wife had told me that my husband, the way you are spending money, I don't think it's good. I said, my woman, what do you know? Then when you come and say it, then I calm down. Then I go back in and say, Lord, what is wrong? And he said, look at it. This is how you do I say, ah, Lord, I'm sorry. And scriptures start coming up. People start giving me advice. I start learning. That's what I want. The way you talk, that's what I want. I want instruction that, listen, you, do, you don't forgive easily. But in fact, I've had friends that I, they just be on my heart. I still have one in mind. I, I just be on my mind. Just be on my heart. So, boy, boy, come. Every time I, in the recent times, I just feel the Lord should say, I should tell you this. It has a relationship between you and your father. It's correction. That's what prophets are supposed to do. Not telling me that, ah, ah, I see plane crash. Then you won't plane again. With all the money God gave you, you are going to Lagos. You have an auto start by 5 a.m. And God is looking like, dude, I hope you know there is a way you will behave. God will say, you are not prudent, you are silly. Please, oh, I don't mean any disrespect. You know me, politics. When they say Peter will be first class, one of my friends lives in America. He said, if I find him there, I'll buy him a first class ticket. He said, what nonsense. He said, if I find him there, he said, I'll tell you, go to the business class. He said, what are you trying to impress me with? Come on, go and see to your level. It's people like you that now be making life hard. When at your level you are, you are competing with us, we're not going to say, see, don't finish. Why don't buy him? <laughs> Some don't even know what to praise. I said, bros, you get, le- look, you should understand your level. You should understand your level. Come on, stop that. With all the money God's giving me, if I find you at ATM going to Lagos, well, I will tell you waka. <laughs> Say, bro, if you are here queuing with us for bus, bus will be more expensive. Go to a, I'm telling you, you, know, you people don't get... Now, let me tell you something about planes so that you understand. I read something the other day. That where they make their money from is business class. That they put the economy class there to fill the plane. So when God has blessed you with money, now go and pay. Subsidize our own flight. I won't be doing that. I'm a very humble person. I drag my own bag. 
If at a level in life, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be critical. I just, I, I just want people to know what to value. Before I used to do that kind of thing, if I'm carrying my bag, I said, no, I said, no, I'll carry my bag. I said, one man said, what's wrong with you? Let the young people serve. He said, when are they going to be blessed if you don't let them serve? If at your level you are carrying your own bag by yourself, these young people, how will God bless them? Sometimes I do funny things. I've been in my house before, I just sit down. I remember one day, if he was in the house, one of our sisters was sitting with us that time. I just reached out, I just said, if he, I tired, come and remove my shoes. You know, she wished she dived there, knelt down, pulled the shoes, pulled the socks. I said, good. I do something with my children. I just sit down. Victory, come. Can I remove my shoes? Of course. If I remove my shoes all the time, how would they get blessed? When you finish, I say, the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord find you fine shoes. <laughs> Put better socks on your feet. I'm telling you the truth. The Lord is good. Oh, that's in there. Something I'll say that made me get there. No, listen, you should know your level in life, you know. Humility, all right, contentment is knowing your place in life and living like you are there. If you can fly, if I find you carrying keke from here to Lagos, <laughs> God will dispossess you of that company and give to your neighbor better than you. I hope you know that money is not just value. You have to know how to value things. Somebody said something once, some time ago. That if you throw money on the floor, $100 bills, and you tell Bill Gates to bend down and be picking it, that is a waste of his time. That maybe you come here, just throw $100 bill, because Bill Gates, see, see money, be picking it, $100. The guy's going to look at it, I don't have time. In one year, he ends, then he was earning about $4 billion in a year from Microsoft. You can't pick money that fast. You have to pick hundred dollars one by one. You can't pick it that fast. One particular year, we sat down and analyzed it. Warren Buffett made eleven billion dollars in one year. If you use shovel, you can't shovel it that fast. Table like that to come and wait in an airport, wait to fly, economic class. God will be angry with them because for staying there, they've just lost like a hundred thousand dollars. How much is a flight? If you hire the whole plane, the charter, the, 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 the charter rate is $4,000 an hour. And the way it's going is just two, two hours. Get me a chartered plane. But you know, people say that, hey, I have to have many, there are not many people who can't fly. So, is it evil spirits that will enter the plane? <laughs> so, if I stay here, all of us will now be poor. That's what they call Polish capitalism. You all of us to be poor. I saw a man analyze that, look, when, let me not, look, let me sit on my message. Let me just. Uh, See, I don't fly a private jet now for two reasons. Number one, there's no way I'm going. Number two, ain't got the money, man. <laughs> the Lord is good. Anyway, so I'll just say something about So a prophet will tell you not to, because it's all plane crashing, then you'll now go and be joining bus. You forget that more people die. In bus crashes, and die from plane crashes. You don't know that? Every time a plane crashes in the whole world, commercial airline especially, everybody hears about it. But we don't even discuss the bus crashes in Anambra. It's too far away. It doesn't concern us. Because there are so many. And they say you stand a higher chance of dying in a car crash on the way to the airport than dying on the plane. So everyone said they don't enter a plane because you see a plane, they crash. Tell them, say, bros, you don't see a car with a crash. 
People are walking on the road, keke journey from back. Na mochuari. Now, what I'm telling you is not a joke. I've seen you. I've seen it. A woman was just walking. I know the person was driving the car. He jammed, keke jammed the woman. The woman fell. That's it, died. Oh, the Lord is good. Why am I sitting on that? So don't let any prophet come and use uh, fear to run your life for you. And if you're a prophet, only seeing bad things, it's a sign. When I was young that time, my mother told me about one prophetess. I know the woman. She said that that's one thing they used to go there. I've been to, I went to, I think I must have been to her place like two or three times. No, I mean, I was a child, just accompanying my, one I went with my dad, the other one I think I went with my cousin. So the two I remember. The woman, I still remember the funny tongues she used to, she used to speak. I won't speak it now, lest, lest it be an evil tongue, so that, uh, I remember it. And that's how, when she's praying, I'm looking at her like, what are you saying there? I was a little boy. When I say little boy, talking about like seven, eight, yeah. And she was told, I've been looking at her. Oh, me, I don't close my eyes. I'm not the one that came to pray. It's, so, I should pray. She will pray, 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 then begin to prophesy. So my mother said something years later. Of course, after she encountered the word of God, she did stop dabbling. If I remember her saying that, Thank God, God has delivered her from those things. So, that there's one thing she noticed. That every bad thing that woman prophesied came to pass. My mother told me that. She said, once she says something and it's negative, she says it's coming to pass. No matter what you do. She appeared before my extended family, no, my grandfather's compound one day. I wasn't there. They told me about it later. And told everybody to begin to pray. And they should kill She sees this one here. She sees her. She talked. Everybody did what she did. She said, they got her to fast. They got her to pray. At the end of the day, my cousin fell off the back of, her mother, his, of his mother's truck and died on the spot. Some of you say, eh, she's a genuine prophet. What? You saw the vision, have you? You told us what to do. You know that did not even tell us what to do. We did something. And we saw the result. My mother said every good thing she prophesied, not one ever came to pass. She said not one, not one ever came to pass. But all the bad ones she prophesied happened. It's a sign. Many people don't know, you you can't live your life by visions and revelations. You live your life by precepts. It's precepts. Somebody will tell you, see, see, you know this, this, this last election that happened. Please, oh, I'm not being partisan, but I just, we're all, we're all here, are we? Uh-huh. When prophets will be talking, talking, I say, prophets, if you are really prophetic and your vision is clear or, or your vision is true, Relax. Let God bring it to pass. Stop saying you saw vision. That woman said, oh, there's a crisis, there's a prophetic crisis right now. All of you go, go and vote for this person, vote for this person. I said, bro, then maybe the Lord didn't speak to you. Because if he did, he doesn't need you to mobilize. He would just tell you, that guy is going to win. What's all of this mobilizing to, to carry out? Like one, one question they asked me the other day. And we're doing a ask for the bank here for Kingdom World Radio. 
He said, a lady asked that, if you receive from God that this brother is going to be your husband, and he has no, he is not making any move, is it right for you to go and, which word now do we use? You can't propose to her. Go and tell him, or what? Make move. Chess move. Move the pawn. Move the bishop. I said, let's talk about prophecy for a moment. If you receive from God, there's a natural order of things. You have only one instruction if you are the woman. Wait. We wait. I won't do anything. No, you can't do anything. You see, when a man, you know, it's not, it's not embarrassing if I tell you, say, ah, bro. And so I go me that sister, me, my, me, see the girl just said, no, the Lord didn't speak to her. You know, it's not embarrassing. You, woman, can you say that? Shame go cash you. I shame go cash you. You will turn red with your black face. Tell you the truth. Because it's out of order. It's out of order. So what are you supposed to do? I say you will wait. If indeed the Lord spoke to you, you will wait and it will happen. He said, but why, what if you, why you were waiting? He didn't finally come. God, he didn't speak to you. So I know how God speaks to me. Now you have realized you don't know. One day you have to learn you don't know. Today's the day. Some people will be there. A, a, a man is getting married. Say, I know he's my husband. You are, thou shalt not convert your neighbors. <laughs> is that not in your scriptures? See, no matter what prophecy says, the only thing you can do is walk in divine precepts. The prophecy will come to pass by itself. For us Christians, prophecies come to warn us, to correct us, to prepare us. You know, there are things it does. You know something we keep on waiting every time, looking for a prophet that will validate everything you want to do. Prophet will choose your children's school for you. Honestly, they have used your head to exchange something. You know what that means? You know what it means to use your head to exchange? Some people do it. They go from house to house. They look, you bring your old jewelry. They give you a new pan. <laughs> new bowl. So we have, we have a way of having people on that side. You say, have they used your head for exchange? <laughs> You are the father of this child. You are the mother of the child. You need a prophet to tell you the school the child will go to. No, something's wrong there. Now, go and, so, so, some people want the one man, one man of God. I didn't even know I knew those things. I mean, he was talking to my mother and I. So, I, just, I remember that thing so struck me. He said, a woman came to his office, was a, a powerful man of God. Brought the picture of three young ladies. And then he came with her son that he should pray and say to them, tell them which one of these three girls the boy should marry. The man felt thoroughly insulted. Well, if you know my part of the country where I come from, it was very com- it was a normal thing. There were people who would do it. So, but being a very powerful man, they also came to him and said, pray. He said, he looked, I was very young then. I think it was, I was just, I was, I think I'm a first year university, about to get into university. What struck me was the wisdom with which the man handled it. So my mother, I looked at the woman and said, I don't preach such nonsense prayers. And in my mind, why not? You're a man of God. He told the woman, ask your son whether it's not having sexual relationship with the three of them. The woman said, how? He said, ask him, he's here. He said, the boy did it. He turned up and he done the smile. He said, ah, she is your son. He said, 
tell him to tell me that he's not sleeping with the three girls. You want me to pray which one he'll marry? Let me tell you, if God ever tells which one to marry of them, eh? it's the only Jezebel day he will reveal. Because if all your sins, I will punish you. Oh, people think, see, people think that, well, eh, if something was, if it's, if it's God, it will be good. It is good. When you kill an evil person, is it bad? When you punish a sinner, is it bad? God, see, God will reveal to him. Oh, oh, he won't say my son. I can do it myself. He say, oh, as you have come to request. See, see, that one. Give me a name. I want a female name that's not common. Eh? Eh, Tonya is common. No, no, no. They are very, very nice and Tonya is around. Uh-huh. Natasha is good. Eh, no. <laughs> There's one Natasha in Kogyo. Politician. No, let's not use that. Okay, there's one girl that's been harassing Donald Trump. What's her name now? Stormy. Go say, Stormy, Stormy. That is my perfect will for you. You will marry Stormy. The first they say, Stormy, look, why is my food late? You go pour hot oil for your face. <laughs> one week after marriage, you're in hospital with bandage. Then after, if you not go, honey, I'm so sorry. I didn't know when I treated you. I think I was in a bad mood. Maybe I'm having premenstrual tension. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You two, you'll be soft. You say, well, The next time you annoy, I should go break ball to give up for your side. You go, no, say, na Kalakuta Republic, this one grow up. Oh, my fella. Now you go. <laughs> the way you go, God say, ah, what you said to your way, yes, now, you're an evil soul. Why would I give an evil soul one of those good girls? Okay, if you don't marry the evil person, who will now marry her? <laughs> oh, what have I said? We are supposed to walk by precepts. Which school would your child go to? Pray about it by yourself. When you have finished praying, decide. When you finish making a sound decision, perfect decision. Okay, this is secondary school university my child is going to. You go there, they say, admission full. What does that mean? The Lord did not speak to you. He said, but I thought it was a lot. Go home. They will call you. If they don't call you, another school calls you, bros, go there. Something that then, no, 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 no. I just, I knew what I heard. I knew what I, I said, look, Pentecostals, they've, they've confused themselves. Listen, you hear what you want to hear. Live your life by precepts. What did I say? Live your life by Walk according to the express will of God. Do what God says everybody should do. Cleanse your heart. Purify your heart. Cleanse your hands and hearts of dead works. Do works of righteousness on a continual basis. And 99% of the decisions you will make using your rational mind will be the will of God. And occasionally, he will come and give you a vision and a revelation. What am I trying to say? I know why I want to do that. A prophet's job is not leading you up and down with visions and prophecies. So that before you can make any decision, you have to go to the prophet. It's not necessary. It's not necessary. A prophet's job, that's why I went to that. Primary assignment, he has a number of assignments. I don't know which one is foremost. He instructs, he corrects, he warns, and he prays. Don't force him and make him a seer. There are seers, but you can't force them to see. 
I hope you're getting my point. Mm-hmm. The Lord is good. That's a review of uh, something we said last time in trying to get into today's teaching. But let's see how much time we have. And let's, um, did we read any portion of scripture to start now? Okay, we didn't read any. Okay, what I want to talk about today again, let's continue looking at that, um, uh, our Lord's prayer. I say, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is written in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. We look at that, that he said, thy will be done on earth. Thy kingdom come. We say that's, that stands for prayer of intercession. Thy will be done on earth as it is written in heaven. It's, it can be a prayer of intercession. We are using that for somebody else, but it's also applicable in your personal life as a prayer of petition and supplications concerning your need. Now, what I wanted to talk about, well, we still have some time. My desire is to speak about what I call lay your burden down. What did I call it? Or let's say lay your burdens down. Yes. And now, what I want to bring out from there is that Jesus, let's take this particular one, Philippians chapter 4, will be a good one. To continue with Philippians chapter 4. It's our prayer school. Prayer is important. Please. If you are not praying, it's a sign of lack of faith. It's a sign that you trust in your own flesh, on your own ability, or you trust in chance. Prayer is a sign that your faith is in God. Prayer is a sign that you are trusting God to do his will in your life. He said, this also, I will have the sons of Israel ask me to do for them. I will increase their men like a flock. That is, many things he wants to do in our lives. They ask me to do them. That request is just empowering him to come into your sphere. Now let's read from Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I will say, rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Verse 6 says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which passes all comprehension will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I just feel like reading the last um, uh, two more verses there. He said, finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, Whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. And a God of peace will be with you. Now, I read this to bring out what he said in verse 6. Life has anxieties. Life has temptations to worry. I hope you're getting my point. Now, there's something God doesn't command concerning that which he doesn't empower. Do you understand? Yeah. If God gives a commandment, that commandment alone is empowerment. He doesn't give words of advice. He gives command. And when I say command, the same way he said, light be. It's the same way he said to that woman, go and sin no more. I hope you're getting my point. All she needs to do is say amen. The power to go and the power to sin no more is given to her by those words. I hope you're getting my point. See, what kills those things in our lives is unbelief. If we will focus on him, he said, go and sin no more. You will have, see, before Eve could sin, before Eve could sin, Satan had to distract her. I hope you're getting my point. 
Satan had to bring to question. He has to bring to question the word of God. He has to undermine it. If she had just repeated what God said again, Satan would have lost. Because the word of God is not advice. They are not pieces of advice. It's empowerment. When he says, go and sin no more, it's empowerment. Please, let, let's bear that in mind. So the world is full of worries. So anytime God says something like this, don't be anxious for anything. That's in verse, um, verse 6. He says, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. But in every circumstance, this is amplified, and in everything, by prayer and petition, that's prayer and definite requests, with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. That's I just read from the classic amplified there. Now, this is where I'm going. Anytime God says don't do something, he empowers you and gives you what else to do. And usually, when, the reason why we end up disobeying is because we either are not paying attention to what he's saying, which is manifested in the fact that we're not doing that which he said we should do. Now, if God says you shouldn't worry, don't have anxiety, there's nothing like, I just I refuse to worry. I refuse to worry. I refuse to worry. He said, how will you not worry? It's simple. The method for not worrying is prayer. I hope I get my point. The method for not worrying is to make your request known to God. The method by which you will have no anxiety, by which you will not be anxious, is that in every case, in every cause for anxiety, you use prayer, supplication, that is, like Kling amplifies it, definite requests. Add it with thanksgiving. Use it to let your request be made known to God. And as a result, what will happen? The peace of God is a spiritual force. It will come and kick away the anxiety. It will come and remove the worry. What I want to teach us in line with that again today is to remind us that literally, take all your burdens to the Lord in prayer. And I like to amplify it. Make definite requests. See, let me say something to you. Never plan your own life. As in, work according to this plan you have made to solve a problem you are afraid of. I don't know whether I get my point. Let's take a practical example. If you feel called of God, now, you say, how do I know I'm called of God? I'm not going to discuss that now, but let's just say you feel called of God. All right? To minister or to work in, okay, Enugu here. Let's just say we're in Enugu, all right? Enugu here. And how do you know? Maybe there's a job you are doing, and not only do you like what you are doing, grace is with you. You know what they call grace? Yeah, grace means that everybody else comes there, they struggle. You, when you come there, it flows. It, it just flows. They tell you that, ah, this class of children, maybe Sunday school or a school you're working, that they are so difficult, they are so difficult. And then you just walk in there. As soon as you walk in there, the most difficult person comes down. You have not done anything, no. All you did was enter the class and smile. One brother told me once, pity the brother has passed on now, but it was, look, he's a university graduate, okay? So when he told me where he was working, I was a bit surprised. I think he said he was working in a, is it nursery school or primary school? 
I like, ah. It was curious to me. I think it's good, it's right, but I, I just found it very curious. So I said, no, that if I see children respond to him, I'll understand. He said, the way children respond to me. Ah, I said, in that case, you're in the will of God. His reason, he said, the way children respond to me. That like, he said, from the little ones, that the moment I get in their midst, little children, five-year-olds, four-year-olds, he said, they respond to me. It's, what, it's called grace. If you go and read that Romans chapter four, uh, 12, Paul said it like this. He said, each of one, to each of one, grace is given according to the measure of the gift of Christ. What does that grace mean? There's something you do that's easy, you know, for you more than other people. It's just, it flows easily. It's not, it's not effort. You don't have to struggle to do it. It's one of the ways you know you are doing the will of God. All right? It's one of the ways. Another way is that you see the impact you are making. Do you follow my point? Look, listen. Let me tell you something to you. Eh? We said the other day, this life is about sacrifice. Oh. This life is not an investment with which you collect something back. This life is what? Sacrifice. You are giving yourself. You are giving yourself. Your primary focus should be, how can I give myself? There are earlier stages in life in which you are being trained. But the ultimate reason is you give yourself. There's something about Abraham's life we must never forget. God called Abraham so he can give up something. And he trained him to give up. We're discussing that last hour. I didn't finish it. Abraham was trained so he could give. You're being raised so you can give. You're not being raised so you can get. I hope you're getting my point. So you'll be more concerned about your ability to give. That should be the more important concern of your life than uh, 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 my mates are enjoying more than this. One brother, actually, this was years ago. The story I'm telling you is more than, it should be close to 15 years now. Yes, about that. When I told you I was going abroad, going to one North American country. So I asked him why. I wasn't angry with, how can I be angry? It's in my life. I just said, why? I just wanted to know. You know, I'd like to know why you're doing what you're doing. He said that he just believes that... Um, he has to always get the best in life. And I said to him, flat, I was dropping him off. I said, that's where you and I differ. I said, I believe I must give the best in life. I told him straight. I'm not living my life trying to get the best in life. I'm living my life trying to give everything I'm supposed to give so that by the time I leave, like my tomorrow we say those days, I will leave this earth empty. That everything I'm supposed to give, I've given it. Please bear that in mind. So, so, Paradventure, you are in a place like that, but then, maybe like that young man I was telling you about, somebody that comes and tells you, like one guy is joking, <laughs> the man is a clown, one day somebody did something for us, so maybe, as we stopped to pump our tire, he was the one driving, so it's his car, I can't remember exactly what, but we're in his car, so he said the money, how much are we paying that man, this was long ago. But let me just use today's terminology and today's reference of money. I said a hundred naira. He said, no, are you sure it's a hundred naira? I said it's a hundred naira now. He said, no, it can't be a hundred naira now. So I asked the man, hey, how much? The man said a hundred naira. Ah. The guy said, ah, does he not want to build a house? <laughs> <laughs> so what are the hundred we paid? So he said, ah, how many of that will you collect before you build the house? He was alarmed. He said, ah, you know one build? That's how it was. I never forgot that thing. So sometimes you look at it. And someone will ask you, this is where you are. You know one build. This is where you are. Hey. 
Yosef, no one. They now tell you all the things in life that you will not be able to achieve because of what you are doing or where you are doing it. This is what I was saying. As a child of God, never because of that rearrange your life. Never. Never, ever because of that rearrange your life. And Pastor, are you saying those things are not important? God says, bring it to me in prayer. That is the, look, I'm giving you the commandment of the Spirit. Go and kneel down and say, Lord, they say, won't I build? They say, won't I buy moto? They said this, I will have children, this is what's going to happen. I will need all of this. Lord, these are the problems that have been told me arise. I am asking you, solve them for me in Jesus' name. What do you do? Every time you think about it, you do one of two things. One, if you feel like you have said everything you're supposed to say last time, go and give thanks. Lord, this thing has come to my heart again. I don't want to be talking as if you don't hear. You heard. So I've come in thanksgiving to push the burden off my heart. That's one. Other times you come and new understanding will have come to you. Then you, based on the fresh understanding, modify or restate some things you told him before. Give him thanks and live there. Now, this is the word of the Lord. Everything you are anxious about, God will do more than them for you. That's it. The reason why he doesn't, I will don't give it to him. What I'm telling you, I'm saying with all conviction in my heart, prayer gets results faster than planning. It does, though. Don't skim your life. There's a story I've told him a number of times. I don't have any better one to use to illustrate this point. To warn Christians not to try and skim for their own lives by themselves. I went to preach somewhere. I won't tell you where exactly, so just to cover the story a little bit. And I heard my host. He was telling the story about a young woman who was, she was a nurse. And she got a job in a village in a mission hospital. And I don't know, the mission people just decided that they didn't have money. So they were paying her little. But leave that thing. The important thing about it is that God was using her mightily in the place where he sent her by himself. Now it looked natural that she went there to get a job, but we found out later it was God that sent her there. Who sent Joseph into Egypt? Physically speaking, it was his brother that sold him into slavery. But we know the Lord sent a man ahead of them. That's what the Bible says, looking from above. So looking from above, we know God sent this young woman. She got to that place. Because while doing her job as a nurse, she was sharing the gospel. And she started a Bible class in her house. Single lady. Hey. And the Bible studies was growing. Men and women mostly initially. After a while, husbands joined. And the thing was growing and was becoming a church. It was growing. The brothers turned the story and said it grew so much that the men who heard about it, they started, it became a church, by the way, they started meeting on Sundays. Persecution started. The police, uh, the DPO in charge of that area, his wife was going there, and for that reason, he quarreled with the preacher, the preacher woman, and had her arrested and locked up. The men had to come, wield their influence to have her released. But let's make a long story short. Within a short while, DPO had joined. It was like Paul. The same gospel he tried to destroy, he was now preaching. The thing was growing and growing and growing. 
Satan said, yeah, this is not good. So the, thing, the, the spirit went to them and went and whispered, you people don't have money, you don't have money. So you know what they did? They said they couldn't pay her what they were paying her before. They reduced the salary. Satan said, go away. You are not needed here. The brothers heard and said, no, you are doing the work of God. How much did they reduce the money? She told them. Some of them came together, contributed the balance, said, continue the work, we'll pay. So assuming the salary dropped from 100 naira just, uh, to 60 naira, they contributed 40 naira and started giving her every month. And she thanked them, she continued. Ah, Satan said, this is no good. Satan went to her father, her mother, and started telling her, listen, this is how you know Satan. He watches out for your interest, not the interest of God. That's how you know Satan. So always watching out for your interest. How do I know Jesus said it? Get behind me, Satan. He said to Peter, you are not minding the things of God, but the things of man. You are concerned about my own welfare. You are not concerned about the welfare of the plan of God. So he said to them, so Satan went to the family and said, talk to her. And that's satanic order. One of the people that Satan uses the most in life is your family and your friends. It's in scriptures like that. They were the ones that came to Jesus and said, you are, behind, you are beside yourself. They went and said that he has gone mad. So they went and recruited poor old Mary. Say, Mary, come. Come and call your son to leave. And that's what, that was why Jesus refused. They, they said, your, your mother and your brothers are looking. He said, who are my brothers? Who is my mother? He says, the one that is doing the will of God. That's hearing the word of God and doing his will. The same is my mother. The same is my brother. The same is my sister. The same are my relatives. So that's what they tried to do. Mind your own, you know, interest. That's what they do. So they came. Said it worked. In her case, it worked. Satan went and told her. The, the family called her. You are in that village. Won't you marry? The money you are making is not much. You are a nurse. I know how much nurses are prayed up. Have you not heard that thing before? Yeah, I know how much they are paid abroad. How much they are paid in Saudi. I know how much they are, they are wanted in America. And you're a nurse. You're just wasting her here in the village. How can you tell somebody is wasting, serving the will of God? And by the way, who was it that preached it? I've forgotten one preacher preached it. That you have to be wasted in serving God. That is when you hear that a whole PhD just knows it's good. <laughs> yeah. He said, the person was preaching from the woman with the alabaster box. They broke it and wasted it. Say, your life has to be wasted for the sake of Christ. It has to be wasted. It has to be wasted. Someone tell you, ah, a whole professor. What a, it, that, when you hear that, it is good. When they tell you that, yeah, you have a, you have a master's degree. All you are doing is raising children. Just know it is good. Let nobody tell you you are more valuable than what you are doing. When is the will of God? Ah, how can you be more valuable than dying on the cross? I don't know whether you are getting one of these. Because Jesus humbled himself to the point, like a servant, even to the point of death. What is your PhD that's so big now that you are too big to pastor a church of 15 people just because it's a village? Say, who PhD like you? PhD holder. That was what they told my sister. And please, can I pray for you? May you not listen to the suggestions of Satan. 
Father God, everyone that has said amen to this, strengthen such a one never to follow satanic suggestions. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. When Satan wants to destroy your ability to be happy, he will tell you that because you have a master's degree, you can't marry this brother because he didn't get a first degree. And he wants to marry you. And you are too good, you are too big for him. It's Satan that's talking to you. What did I say? Satan to okay, say her. Satan that's talking to her. What did I say? Satan to her. Yes, I'm telling you. You're feeling too quiet with yourself. You don't mean to feel quiet. Feeling too tough. Feeling too cool. You understand? You are too posh for him. That kind of stuff. I'm not saying she married everybody. Did I say so? But please, never feel superior to anybody. That's what I'm saying. Especially because of this common school you went to. Ordinary masters, the night we never see before. Don't lie. It's not master's degree that's your problem. If Dangote didn't go to school and you have a master's degree, we will be saying that uh, you don't go to school. You don't go to school, you'll be referring. Who cares? <laughs> you don't go to school, they pay you dividends one time, $700 million. <laughs> He said, you don't need to go to school. Can I just buy one university? <laughs> if you know how lecturers are prostrating before those people. Hey, what I'm going to say is that, listen, don't ever feel too, too, too cool, too big, because of ordinary you have a PhD. Now you will never see before. Nonsense. All right, the Lord is good. In our own case, the satanic council works. They told her she was too big for the work she was doing. And she left the place, resigned, the church there died. The brothers who were supporting her couldn't find somebody to go there full time. So the church died. And she got married. And two years later, she died. What they said, she got a better job, got a husband, got married. Two years later, she too was dead. As the church was dying, so was she died. Let me, please, let me wrap up my message, you know, in a few minutes. My message is that, listen, if something bothers you, don't try and skim your own life out of the worries of tomorrow. Pray about them. Don't rearrange your life because of the worries that have been put in front of you. Pray about them. Say, you see, we're talking about worship, right? It's consecration. You first say, God, if this is your will that I'm doing, I'm not leaving it. What about this? Pray about it. Pray, oh God, that's what I'm saying. Pray about it. Say to the Lord simply, they have said this, this is what I need, this is what I have, forget what they have even said, what I have observed will be the issues. Lord, I come before you to drop them at your throne, to drop them on your shoulders, to give them over to you. I will not let the worries of tomorrow take me away from where I'm supposed to be. I'm convinced that we will see immense demonstrations of God's power in our personal lives if we will do these things. You can't take care of yourself. It's so, you know, let, see, there are so many scriptures. Let's just look at a few examples. You can never take care of yourself. You know, sometimes, there's something I tell my children, say, you want to go to university? Just decide, look, for me, university is about education. No? I hope you get my point. It's not, a, it's not a means of becoming rich in life. Absolutely not. University is simply about education. Just go and get educated. Just know how to talk, how to, how to relate with society. This is not a joke. 
And even if, okay, what if I didn't go there? You can learn everything that they are learning there on your own these days. Yeah, you can. Just keep your, keep your ears open. You know, when God gave you a smart device to give you a PhD without a certificate. Did you understand? Yeah, God gave you a smart device so you can have knowledge, understand, and nobody's going to give you a certificate. And I say to you all the time, have you ever come to ask me, where's your bachelor's in theology? Have you ever come to me and say, Pastor Banki, where did you go to Bible school? They say in Rwanda, they close every church that uh, the pastor doesn't have a bachelor's in theology. I said, don't worry about that one. If I want to go to Rwanda to go and preach, I'll first go to Paul Kigame and preach to him. Then when he hears me, he will change his mind. I hope you're getting my point. See, it's very important we get it. It's not that you know, we are choosing this God. No, we just want to get enlightened, become educated. Anything you want to be in life, get on your knees and pray about it. I hope you're getting my point. Anything you need in life, get on your knees and pray about it. And the Bible says, if you will do that. Now, remember I said, these are things you go over again and again. As long as the thoughts keep coming to you, you keep on tackling them. Don't let them fester. Don't let them fester. Don't let them just stay there and be increasing and growing. Kill them every day. When they say, what was not going to happen to you now? Say, I don't know. Then when they go, go and kneel down, say, Lord, I don't know what's going to happen to me now. So I want to ask you, let good happen to me. I hope you're getting my point. Please say, look, I like the way Amplified says it again. I want, to, I want to read in the Amplified Bible. Amplified Bible, um, Philippians chapter 4. Which verse now? 6, yes. The classic Amplified. All right, you know what is in that um, um, Amplified? Philippians chapter 4. So do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance, notice that in every circumstance, when they come and worry you about what tomorrow will be like, okay? In every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, definite requests with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. Don't let anybody scare you. That's the point I'm making. When they say this is what the problem will be, Simply get on your knees and pray to the Lord about it and tell him exactly what you have been told. Tell him exactly what your fears are. Can I just beg you, don't go to the Lord to go and do, I have faith. I don't know whether I get my point. You go to God and say, Lord, I'm just, I want to let you know I'm not afraid. Bros, if you are afraid, that is the place you will say it. When you come to my front, you can tell me, I am not afraid in Jesus' name. Amen. When you go behind, say, bros, now my guy, I tell that one. Say, God, please, it's my guy, I told that one. You, you see my heart. Fear won't keep us. Say, Lord, let me be honest with you. I'm so afraid. And I came here to confess. I'm not saying fear is good. I just came to confess that I'm afraid. That's it. Lord, I came to confess that I'm afraid. Lord, take fear away from me. Then when you leave that place, you can be declaring by faith, I am not afraid. I am not afraid. You know how I know this is the right thing to do? See what Jesus did. I am going to Jerusalem. It must not be heard that the prophet prays outside Jerusalem. Anyway, he was doing this thing. Today and tomorrow, I perform miracles. I do cures. Tomorrow, I reach my goal. Is that not what he was bragging before everybody? No, true of us. That's how I was bragging before everybody. When they see the cross, now I say, boys, are they come? They entered into the garden. He didn't tell the father, I'm going to Jerusalem. I must be killed. I'm not afraid of it. He said, no, Lord, Father, let's talk this thing over. If it was possible. 
Let this cross pass over me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. That was where he killed his fear. I hope you're getting my point. That was where he killed the fear. With the other people, he was talking very boldly. With the father, he said, it's not like that. He said, if I had my way, father, I won't go to this Jerusalem. If I had my way, who wants to be arrested and be nailed and crucified and suffer the carry all the... If it's only the Nigeria generation 2023, their sins alone are not going to carry. What about the whole world? He said it clearly. So what am I trying to say? When it's time to pray, don't hide anything. Every nonsense thought that has crossed your mind, tell the Lord about it. That is, please, get the attitude is that, Lord, I want to pour it out before you so you can take it away. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. You are not coming here to explain your disobedience. No, that's important. What do I mean by that? You now come and say, Lord, I have to leave here. You have heard it. I just want to tell you before I go. That you see, if I stay here now, I will not marry. If I stay here now, I will not have money. You are my God, and I know you will understand. That's not that, that's not, that attitude is a I'm going to hell attitude. I hope we are clear. So I'm not saying you go to God to go and be free to disobey him. Please, that, uh, those of you who say they are free with God, you know, I'm, not a, I'm, I'm a child, I'm not a servant, I don't feel condemned, I can tell my father anything. That's not what I'm talking about. Oh. You go and tell God, say, you're on your own, I'm not going. You know, you know I'm very free with you, I'm not afraid to tell you anything. <laughs> Please, that kind of freedom, may you not have it in Jesus' name. Amen. That kind of boldness to talk to, help, to our Heavenly Father. May he not grant you and me in Jesus' name. Amen. I beg. One day they told me, one sister, ah, that sister is very close to God. She can feel the Holy Spirit. She can feel the, she, she has a communion, a fellowship with the Holy Spirit. I, I said, okay. Oh. I thought they would give me a good example. They said, one day the Holy Spirit told her to do something. She said that, Holy Spirit, how can you tell me that kind of, to do that kind of a thing? I can't do. I said, that's what you call fellowship. I said, Holy Spirit, please, I don't want to know you like that. That kind of familiarity, please. Please, I don't, it's not good for me. That's the kind of thing that you end in the, in the belly of the fish. And many people ended in the belly of the fish, they've been digested. Some of these bones you are seeing somewhere, somebody that fish digested and that bone is fish vomit on the shore. You think it's everybody fish vomited their body whole? Many people fish ate them, digested them, belch. <coughs> when they couldn't digest the bone, he vomited it on the shore. They say he drowned trying to cross over to Lampedusa. It's not Lampedusa. It's disobedient children swallowed by fish. You don't want that kind of freedom with the Holy Spirit. Where you just be opening your mouth and talking nonsense. And you come before the presence of God. You have no regard. What I'm saying is that all your fears, you lay them down as to cast them over to him. Saying to him, nevertheless, wherever you have planted me, there I will be. I hope you are getting my point. Listen, never use your fears to refuse to do what you believe is the will of God. Never. My wife was just me the other day about one of our sisters. She's about to marry. Now I fear a catcher for certain reasons. Hey, she ran back on her knees and said, Lord, please, if you, will, if you don't want me to marry this man, cancel it. But that is basically she poured her fears before God. And then God tore from there with the boldness of her to go and complete her wedding ceremonies. When she was telling me the story, I said, this is how Christians are supposed to behave. 
you run into the garden. You run there and go and pour your heart out before him. Many people tell me, say, eh, the reason why they are leaving Nigeria is because this one. I said, what are you looking for? Eh, one guy said that all he just wants in his life is to be able to buy a new car and live in a, his own house. I'm sorry, I said, you, you must be very foolish because that is the easiest thing to do. Just get to, that one it doesn't even take long prayers. Five, five minutes, ten, one and a half minutes of prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I want you to give me a brand new car and give me my own house in Jesus' name. You will get it quicker than the one who goes to go and be sweeping gutter all over North America. See, it's very important you get some points. Eh? You never, ever, ever. Let's, let me read this scripture. I begin to close with it. That's my main message for today. You have to learn to lay your burdens down. Isaiah chapter 50, from verse 4. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the disciples, of disciples, that I may know how to sustain the weary one with the word. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to listen as a disciple. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not disobedient, nor did I turn back. I gave my back to those who strike me, and my cheeks to those who pluck out the beard. Now, for time's sake, I'm just going to jump a few verses. Verse 7, for the Lord helps me, for the Lord God helps me, therefore I'm not disgraced. Verse 8, he who vindicates me is near. Who will contend with me? Let us stand up to each other. Who has a case against me? Let him draw near to me. Behold, the Lord God helps me. Who is he who condemns me? Behold, they will all wear out like a garment. The moth will eat them. Now, follow this verse 10. Who is among you that fears the Lord, that obeys the voice of his servant, that walks in darkness and has no light? Let him trust in the name of the Lord and rely on his God. Now, before I read verse 11, you will see here, he showed that a servant of God can have troubles. A servant of God can have people against him. A servant of God can have challenges in life. He said, however, in the midst of everything, you must learn to rely on God. You must learn to trust in God. He now says in verse 11, verse 11 this is the temptation that many people fall for. This is their temptation. He said, Behold, all you who kindle a fire, who encircle yourselves with firebrands, walk in the light of your fire, and among the brands you have set ablaze, this you will have from my hand, you will lie down in torment. What was he saying? If anybody wants to solve his own problems, that's what he was trying to say, verse 11. If anyone wants to depart from where God has kept him, and he says, I will light my own fire, I will follow my own plans. I will encircle myself with the preparations I have made in life. He said, yes, initially, you will find yourself experiencing what you think is positive. He said, go ahead and walk in the light of your own fire. And among the provisions or the brands you have set ablaze. He said, however, eventually, this is what you will find. You will lie down in what? Torment. See, you never use natural excuses to disobey the will of God. I hope you're getting my point. Don't. Don't look for natural, that is, uh, it's because I didn't have enough money. So I departed from, remember we started with that PhD man, passing a church of 15, not, to, not in the center of the city, and he leaves. That's where the problem is. Because initially, he will get a job somewhere. 
Initially, he will get a child that will be bigger than the one that I gave him. He said, but eventually, he will lie down in what? In torment. Please, God is not saying we should be glutons for punishment. I'm not saying Christians are those who just look for where things are rough and that's the only place they will go. What I'm just saying is that our search for comfort must never be solved by natural machinations. What is the method by which God has given us to solve all our troubles in life? Prayer. He said, don't have any anxiety about anything. In everything with prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, definite requests. Let your requests be made known unto God. Say to the Lord, this is a problem that they say I will have, or I have observed that I might have, or I am having currently. I am asking you in the name of Jesus Christ, solve it for me. Let's see these two examples, and then we'll close with them. First Chronicles chapter 4. Everybody open there. You know it already. First Chronicles chapter 4. Let's finish quickly. I want us to pray for a few minutes. Nobody is living here with his burdens. Nobody is going back with her burdens. I'm going to leave them for the Lord here today. Everything. Everything. Every, I don't care what it is. Everything. We are leaving them for the Lord. So let's rush this quickly. Let's rush this quickly. First Chronicles chapter 4. I'll read from verse um, 9. There's this man, his name is Jabez, or his name was Jabez. The Bible says he was more honorable than his brothers. But you see, his name was Jabez. Why? Because his mother called him Jabez because she said, I bore him with pain. I bore him in pain. And Jabez literally means sorrow maker. If you have the Amplified. He gives the explanation there. He says, sorrow maker. Now, let me quickly say this to you. Jabez would not have cried if that name was not affecting him. I hope you're getting my point. It was affecting him. It was affecting him. In class, he will accidentally break somebody's cup. Do you get my point? He will always do something wrong. He got to a point in time when the friends want to do business. Say, don't join Jabez. You know he has a bad, you know, aura following him. There's a bad spirit following him. Once you join him in this business, it will not work. But how did he solve his problem? It's simple. Let's read verse 10. Now Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you will bless me indeed, and enlarge my border, and that your hand might be with me, and that you will keep me from harm, that it may not pain me. Next line. And God granted him what he requested. Let me stop here. Let's go home. Everybody on your feet. You, the Lord will grant you what you are going to request now. Oh, you have a few minutes. Just take a few burdens. There are so many things to pray about, but there are some that are foremost in your heart. We want to throw them down on the Lord. There was a time a huge problem came to Hezekiah. Remember the story of Hezekiah? What did he do? He went... If you can read the story from Isaiah chapter 37, he carried the letter to the temple and said, God, sure you can read it. Read it yourself. We don't have the strength against this multitude, but you have the power. But you have the power. You have the strength. Help us. And God sent Isaiah to give him a word. And God defended that city. God defended Jerusalem. Jabez said, they may have called me the son of sorrow. And it has been following me and affecting me. But Lord, today I want to shake it down. 
Everybody, begin to pray. I'm not going to tell you what to say. Begin to pray. What is the burden? What is that burden? No matter what it appears like, no matter how difficult it appears, I've come this evening to tell you, the Lord has been waiting for you all this while to give it over to him. And no matter how plenty they are, the Lord has been waiting all this while. That's what prayer is for. We come to him simply with our requests. Say, Lord, take. Handle it. Cast your burdens upon the Lord. For he cares for you. Cast your burdens upon the Lord. He cares for you. I'm not telling you what to say. I'm just telling you, cast your burdens. Throw that thing down on the Lord today. Throw it down on the Lord. Why he cares for you. I'm going to be a few minutes after that we share the grace and go. Maybe you are young. They told you that, look, you have to do this particular course in the university. You can be rich and comfortable in life. Say, Lord, no, that's not the way it is. David said, cast your body upon the Lord. He will sustain you. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. Cast that burden upon him. So, Lord, I'm not going to be staying up at night thinking about these things. I throw all my burdens down on you, Lord, today. They say if I stay here, (laughs) I will never have enough money to have a house of my own. Say, Lord, that's what I have come to tell you. I will not be afraid. I will not be afraid, but I will come to you to cast all my burdens down. I will not be afraid. I will not be afraid. I know you care for me. I will not be afraid because I know you watch over my life. Carefully, I will not be afraid. Lay it down. Just say, Lord, look at the situation. The armies have gathered around Jerusalem. They are 500,000 men strong. We only have 50,000 men defending this city. My name is Ezekiah, and you are my God. Cast your burdens upon the Lord.